Hi, I'm Lauren Klaus-Schneider with Class Notes for Broadway Radio. I'm here with Mary Testa, a cast member from The Portuguese Kid at the Manhattan Theatre Club. Welcome, Hi. Mary. Hi, how are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm good, I'm good, and thank you for being with us. My pleasure. Jumping right in to the extraordinary John Patrick Shanley, who, of course, was the writer of Portuguese Kid. And director. Writer and director, mm. Pulitzer Prize winner um, under his belt. What was your reaction when you read The Portuguese Kid, particularly keeping in mind that he was going to be directing it? Um, well, um, it was a little rambling when I first read it. I wasn't quite sure what John was trying to say. I asked my agent, because they just offered it to me, which was lovely. Mm. Um, I said, is John going to work on this? And they, he was like, I assume. And John indeed did work on it. He re- rewrote it pretty much every day. Um, he came in with changes every day, mm-hmm. uh, more so for Sherry and, and um, Jason, mm-hmm. but uh, still um, he worked on it every single day. And I believe if John could, he'd still work on it. He'd still work on it. Yeah, he's, uh, he's quite a character. And what was it like having him as the writer and the director on a new piece? Well, you know, he knows exactly what he wants or how he wants it to be. Um, he's, a, he's a really funny guy, deep, deep soul, um, mm. and funny, you know. Um, and so, you know, it's, there's a little bit of shorthand to the way he would direct because he knows exactly what he wants. And um, uh, it was all pretty much clear, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, he's very concise in his language and he's very... And he's not afraid. I mean, I, I, I must say that, you know, I had a couple of uh, moments of input. Just I would imagine. Well, I always do anyway. But because um, <laughs> uh, that's, you know, I mean, I just feel like after 40 some odd years in the business, like I think I know what I'm doing. So, well, um, plus you were requested specifically. It wasn't like let's open this to auditions for other people. Yes, exactly. So, you know, when I would say, John, you don't need this line or you don't need that line or this beat is too long, he would actually, he'd argue with me, and then the next day he'd cut it. So <laughs> it's a collaborative process, and, um, you know, he's a smart guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You refer to the humor and, and him being funny. Are there any stories that you recall in particular that you could share with us? Like he'll come in and, you know, Jason told this story the other night, and he'll, he, he would come in and go, I know exactly what this needs, meatballs. So they have like a meatball, spicy meatball moment in the show. Or I was dreaming about it all night. We need rose petals. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he'll just cut up. Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. I need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never a dull moment in rehearsal, no doubt. No. <laughs> um, I know actors are different about this sort of thing, so I'm going to preface it with a question of permission. May I quote you what the New York Times said about your character? Uh, you know what? I don't read reviews. Okay, and then, I I'm gonna rec- then I'm not going to say the quote. Yeah, I don't really want to know. No, nope, nope. I find nope. that the reviews are really tricky because when they're bad, they ruin your performance because you're self-conscious. If you read them, if they mention a specific moment, or the same as if they're good. You know, so mm-hmm. I don't read them anymore. John mm-hmm. Simon um, made me stop reading reviews. Mm-hmm. And 
great, uh, even though he was a mean guy, I'm grateful. To, <laughs> I'm grateful to his meanness for mm-hmm. having me stop read reviews. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right now, I, I'm, as an actor, you are not alone. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's just not. And I actually heard Garbadal say once in an interview, I don't read reviews because the good ones are never good enough and the bad ones cut me right to my heart. Uh-huh. Which is, um, yeah. yeah, no, it's un- it's um, it's understandable. Mm. Let's talk about some of your fellow cast members, Jason Alexander, Sarah Renee Scott. What's it like working with such a terrific cast? Well, they're, you know, we all really like each other and we all enjoy mm. each other's company. And um, everybody is uh, fabulous. It's a lovely working experience. The two younger uh, cast members, Amy Carrero and, and Tico Alexander, are fantastic. And they're very smart kids and really savvy. And it's just a lot, you know, it's, I'm very lucky in that I'm usually in cast that are fantastic. Um, there's mm-hmm. never anybody who's a pill. or It's always a lovely working experience regardless of what the, you know, what the play or musical is. Um, mm-hmm. Or successful or not successful. I've been very lucky in my career that I work with a stunning group of people all the time. So it's, it's, a, it's a very nice working environment. Well, a little bit of luck and a huge amount of work and talent over well, the course you, but, of your you career. Well, thank you, and that's true, but, you know, it's, it's, not, you know it's, it's lovely to, every time you do a show, you kind of make a family, and mm. you, know, you may not see these people again for 10 or 20 years, or you may see them next year, you know, or next week. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Um, you know, the connection is always made, and then it's always kind of kept, and it's a lovely thing being in the theater. That's part of the community. Mm-hmm. of theater is that we're all sort of artists just trying to do the best work we can. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that that is tangible, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You talk about the history of your career, which is so, so rich. We, are there experiences that you've had that you could tell us about that directly relate to how you created this extraordinary character for Portuguese um, well, um, you know, I this character was kind of on the page, um, really a little off-putting, uh-huh. and I sort of had a small conversation with John, and he, I think, felt the same way that she had to be humanized in a way. She couldn't just be a insult machine. It wouldn't be. It would be off-putting, and uh, so. It was kind of a, a little bit of everything. Um, John gave me a couple of lines that really humanize her mm-hmm. and uh, show a depth to her. Otherwise, she would just be, uh, you know, uh, a nagging. Well, she's described in the script as a pugnacious battle axe, hmm. which, of course, I look at and go, you know, why am I perfect for this? You know what I mean? <laughs> really? Okay. Um, but uh, <laughs> it, it's the brilliant depth of your acting ability. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Uh, but anyway, um, so it was a little bit of everything. Like I saw a picture of Jason's mother and, and Jason's actual mother at yeah. 96. And oh, my. I said, you know, I need to wear a wig. I can't wear my own hair because this mm. just won't be right. So the, you know, fabulous Paul Huntley went up mm-hmm. to I said the the wig Jason's mother's hair is red, 
but it's mm-hmm. that particular shade of old lady red, you know. Oh, oh. Um, although I hate to say old lady because you know we're, there's no. Old. It's the ninety-year-old red. Yeah, it's the ninety-year-old red. It's the right. red. My aunt was a redhead. It's the red. Well, it's the red for that generation. For the, exactly. we, we, all, we all aspire to it at ninety. Said it's got to be a red wig and it's got to mm-hmm. be a hairdo that is when she felt her sexiest, which is probably when she was like eighteen. Mm-hmm. So. You know, that added to it. And then I said, my dad, bless his soul, he has passed a couple of years ago, but my dad, my mother passed like 12 years ago, and my dad mm. was lucky enough to find love again um, with, oh. his, with a lovely girlfriend who's also passed. I mean, they were all in their 90s. But mm. she always wore blue eyeshadow, and I thought, okay, this character has to wear blue eyeshadow. Mm. And so we had this wonderful woman, Angelina, who came in, and helped us with makeup. And so the makeup was very specific with like a frosted pink lipstick. And hmm. that speaks of a time. So all of it put together helped create the character. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like all these little pieces help inform a character. And you put everything on and then you look in the mirror and go, oh, my God. <laughs> mm. Well, it's, it's transformative. It really is. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah but it's so, it, it's so interesting to hear the personal with, you know, your personal parents and... Yeah. Well, you draw on, you know, as an actor, and, draw and from Jason's me. mom, oh. of course, in particular, with you playing Jason's mom, for those that haven't seen the play yet. You know, I'm really, I'm four years older than Jason, that's it. <laughs> Interesting. And, and so I kept saying that in the beginning, <laughs> like slightly soul-crushing, but, um, you know, now it's just fun and, you know, <laughs> Right, right, <laughs> right. That's how it all comes together. I find, for me, anyway, costume and, and hair and makeup really help uh, lock the character in. Well, it's fascinating. Thank you for sharing all of that insight with us today. It's very appreciated. You're welcome. My pleasure. I'm Lauren Schneider with Mary Testa from The Portuguese Kid, playing at the Manhattan Theater Club. Thank you. Thank you.